Can you believe 2020 is coming to a close? Some of you are very excited about that, and it's been a crazy year, so it's very understanding that we're all looking forward to 2021. But we want to look back this year at One Seed Church in this special year in review as we see some of the struggles, some of the victories, and some of the challenges we faced as we grew as a church. So sit back, grab your coffee, and enjoy us for the next few minutes as we look back at the year in review for One Seed Church. Michelle, can you believe we're already sitting here doing a year in review for 2020? I mean, it feels like it never happened. It seems like just a blink ago, we were just moving into the movie theater. Last December, we moved into the movie theater and we didn't really get to announce it and, and hit the public with it until the beginning of the year. That's the best time for churches to grow. I mean, we had advertisements all over town. We had, we had billboards going. We had, we had canvases hanging on the, uh, the soccer park right in front of the movie theater. We had a promotional video going inside the Regal Theater with my ugly face on it, talking about One Seed Church. We had all these things going and the anticipation was so great. We were just expecting and believing for God to do something shocking that we had never seen before. It's hard to believe that um, that was just a few months ago. Yeah, I think it was really neat when we had some of our members see that first light up billboard sign um, that it was bright red. And, you know, they went early in the morning on the way to work when it was still kind of dark. And it was like, bam, there I saw the sign, which was super, super cool. It was right next to the theater. And it's just really neat about um, how God put us in that situation. Yeah, I remember Clint. One of our members, he, um, he, he sent out a group message on social media the first morning the digital billboard hit. We had a billboard with an arrow pointing right in front of the theater. So it was just God's perfect plan, no pun intended, that the billboard was literally in front of the theater. What are the odds? Most people would love to have a billboard, but God planted a billboard of our advertisement right in front of the theater we we're actually moving in. So it said one seat church and had an arrow pointing to the building right behind it. That was a sign to us that this year was going to be like no other. So it was a big shift when we moved into the theater because we had been in a high school for two years. And with the high school, we had to drive the trailer every week to and from a trailer, an RV storage parking lot, and everything had to be resecured, repacked, retoted. Every little detail had to be packed and secured because the, the trailer had to be driven to and from the the uh, RV storage. And so one of the biggest uh, things that happened for us by moving to the theater is that we no longer had to use the storage and drive that thing every week. We got to park it right behind the theater. It was literally now you open up the trailer, you back the stuff out and you go right in the door and there's the stage. It was like a dream come true for our setup team because the work involved prior to that was on another level and really required serious organization and discipline to make it happen week after week the way we did. Uh, I call it the John Wayne approach. We, we would fly by the seat of our pants, but we had a process and because of the process, we kept it together. But when we moved into the theater, it made things so easily, we, so much easier. We had, when we moved in, we had a 24 foot trailer loaded with these big plastic totes because they had to be wheeled 100 feet away down these school halls into the auditorium and now it was right there. So we were able to eliminate all the toting, all the special compartmentalized process and just buy these big old 
cargo shelves, or like a, they call them, they call them a picker carts, where you just have your stuff right on the cart, and you just, you just boom, and you just roll one big massive cart in for each area of the church, and it was really a big, a big shift for us to uh, make our lives a lot easier. Yeah, another thing that was really cool is that our O-Kids had their own dedicated space. Um, before we were in a hallway, we had a um, roll in a TV. Um, you couldn't play it too loud. There wasn't a lot of room. At the theater, we went upstairs in the balcony, which was wide open. There was a huge space. Um, we were able to project um, their lesson on the wall and have um, the speakers really loud. It was a really fun environment and something that they really looked forward to and felt like that it was their own space. Yeah, and what people don't know is we started these kids, like Michelle said, in a hallway. There was no color. It was bland corporate high school hallway. There was no life to it. So it was really tough for parents to come in and visit our church. And if their kids didn't dig what we were doing, they were out of there. And so when we got to the theater and we had the funky colored carpet and the movie theater vibe going on, the balcony was like this amazing thing. But what happened is our dream was to actually move the kids into their own theater when, when the church could support it financially and when the church could support it with enough O kids. We wanted to move them into the movie theater and give them their own worship experience, their own countdown, their own, their own lesson and craft time like we had been doing, but make it more of a full service experience. And within, I think, a couple months, maybe by February already, we had actually taken them from the balcony and moved O-Kids into their own movie theater, which they just thought was amazing. They had stadium seating. They had a full movie screen with the, uh, with the worship videos and all the things. And it was very fast and very exciting as we got to catapult the O-Kids into a new dimension from that hallway into their own theater. It was quite a change for them. So something amazing that happened at the beginning of the year that was a dream come true for me personally was we got our first worship director. And for all of you that don't know, a worship director is, is a much more substantial position than just being a worship leader. Worship leading is very important. They're the person out front leading the song, engaging the congregation to open up their hearts before the message, but the worship director does that and a lot more. They're planning all the, the songs for each week. They're coordinating the rehearsals. They're coordinating the, uh, the agenda for the week and, and plotting all the preparation for week to week so we can have worship. And there's a lot behind the scenes. And this year, we finally brought on a dedicated worship director. Noelani. She's been a blessing to us. She started as a volunteer uh, a couple times a month and quickly became fully committed to One Seat Church and was um, received the title of worship director because she earned it. And she was doing the work before she was crowned the title. And just like David, that's, that's what we have to do as servants for God. We, we, we want to we aspire to a certain position. So what we do is we, we start doing the things that the position would require. And then, and then God blesses with the title. The title is always second from the action. The action is not after the title. Good leaders um, are leading before they're ever called a leader. So we're so blessed to have Nolani, and she's our first official worship director and has really helped elevate our worship experience at One Seat Church. So earlier this year, everything was going according to plan. We had forecasted that we'd move in December, come into the new year, put out our billboards, put out our advertisements, and God was going to break down plateaus that we had seen as a church for a couple years. And 
by February, things started moving. Things started shaking up. One time we had 13 people walk in at once. We had, we, had, we had strangers walk into the church because they were seeing the fruits of what we had been planting. And they started coming in and our numbers started going up. We started breaking attendance records. We had, plat- we had plateaued around a certain number. And then we started breaking that number after two years of kind of sitting at, a, at the same number. And I remember being at home talking to Michelle going, man, this could really happen. This can really surpass and go beyond what we thought it could do and be much bigger because we're seeing that this is growing. And by mid-March, we were thriving. We, we had seen the peak of where we had ever been as a church just a little over two years into the game. And that's when all hell broke loose with the coronavirus. I never thought we'd really, oh geez, I'm getting emotional. I didn't mean to get emotional. That was quick. <clears throat> wow. This came out of nowhere. I can't be crying my eyes out. Maybe that's what they need to see. It's the reality of it. Um, oh, man. Okay. And I never thought that we'd really shut down. I remember getting a message from my brother in January. We had gone, me and Michelle had gone to the Bahamas and we're in the Bahamas and and things were happening all over the world. And we were starting to hear about this coronavirus thing. And in January, I remember my brother saying, it's just a matter of time. The church will be shut down. And I thought he was straight up crazy, whack, that's not going to happen. And masks were selling out and these N95 respiratory masks were selling out and all these things. And um, it's hard to talk about without getting a little choked up because this is our life. And this, this pandemic has affected not only our life, but the world and everybody's life. So there's a big weight that the world is carrying from this season of, of the pandemic. And so today we're talking about how it affected us. And that's not to belittle how it's affected you. It's all affected us differently. But this is to give you a little insight on how it affected us in in One Seed Church. And I remember mid-March, we had Pastor Mike Plowen. And um, he preached on the church moving. (laughs) The church was meant to move. And we're like, yes, it was. And um, the next week, the uh, Regal Theaters had shut down. So we, we, we were at the mercy of the Regal Theaters. And at that time, it was still up in the air of what we thought was uh, reasonable as a church. We weren't proactively shutting down. We were being forced to shut down. And the government was slowly putting restrictions on gatherings. And I remember, I remember when Toby Mac got canceled. We had Toby Mac tickets. And I remember when Toby Mac got canceled, something was up because they said, no gatherings of 1,000. And then it went down to no gatherings of 250. And then it went down to 100. And then it went down to 50. And then it went down to no gatherings of 10. And so all I'm thinking is, what are we going to do with the church? We don't have a place to meet. And um, we are not you know, going to be destroyed by this pandemic. And so I remember going to the trailer and getting everything out of it. And we set up shop in the lower level of our house. We had just finished our basement last year. 
and we had nowhere else to go. And it was just a miracle and blessing from God that we had this place to continue operating in. So we streamlined the process and we set up shop in our basement for the next half of the year. And Michelle, what do you, what do you remember about those moments when we started having church in the basement? Maybe you could share about some of the things you remember. Yeah, I remember it was, it was really interesting because um, we didn't know how long this was going to last either because it was just so new to everyone. So we had ourselves, our family, we had Cameron, Nolani, Derek, and um, we set up shop. We had um, Derek on the Cajon. We had um, Cameron. Cajon. Cajon. <laughs> I couldn't remember. We had Cameron on the production side, Nolani and Derek and Chloe leading worship. And I was helping on the computer as well because we had to switch everything to online because all of our members were now watching us online from our basement. And um, each week we just tweaked it. We learned from our mistakes. We made it better each week. Pastor Jeff preached excellent messages. Um, I just know that everyone was so blessed by that during this season. Yeah, we hit a lot of speed bumps that we hadn't faced before because being online only, that's your entire audience. So there's no, there's no room for mistakes in abandoning the online stream because you have a live audience. Now it was all online. And so we had issues with our bandwidth. We had issues with the way we were streaming. And, and thank God we had been streaming from the February after we launched, we had been streaming. So we were already accustomed to streaming live. A lot of churches, especially our size and being in a mobile church, weren't even streaming at all. So we weren't intimidated by that, but we did have bandwidth issues. And where there is crisis, it opens the door for opportunity. And what it did was it allowed us to elevate our streaming to a new platform, took care of all our issues. And I, I just remember, you know, little things like, hey, this is what we have to do, so let's make it fun. Let's do the best we can. And so Michelle would go to St. Louis Bread Co. every Sunday morning, and we'd get the, we'd get the bagels, and Cameron would have a bagel, and Nolani would never eat the bagels. I can't get her to eat nothing. And <laughs> just kidding, Nolani. And uh, Chloe and the kids would have a bagel. And um, we'd go down and set up church, and we did the exact same thing. It was really important to me that we didn't lose our rhythm. So we didn't pre-record services, except Easter we did. We did it the Saturday before, and I hated it because it wasn't natural for me. It wasn't natural for, for the church experience. Um, we otherwise, every Sunday morning, did it live, real time. And what's crazy in hindsight is that when this shutdown happened, everybody's like, eh, it'll be a couple weeks. We'll be back. It was 22 weeks. We didn't miss a single service. And at the beginning of the experience, I remember having a huddle with me, Cameron, Nolani, and Michelle. And we talked about that this will forever be etched in our memory as something that grew us, shaped us. And though we don't want to stay here forever, we're going to treasure it when we look back in hindsight. And so I look back now in hindsight, being in the basement, and though I don't want to go back to the basement at any time soon, it's a, it's a memory I'll forever treasure and really disciplined us and showed our commitment, showed our faithfulness that this was just a thing, nothing that the, that the enemy could do to stop us from this mission, and we were going to write it out, and that's what we did. There's a lot of things people don't think about when the church goes fully online. Well, it's never happened. It's never happened. So 
the blessing in this whole thing is we've got to live in a time that the church has gone through something it's never gone through before in this online world where it's been completely restricted from gathering in any type of personal way. And so there's things that happen that you don't know about behind the scenes that we don't think about until hindsight, like, hey, we can't have our annual barbecue. And hey, we can't do the serve days we were scheduled to do. And we can't do all these outside events because as time went on, the pandemic actually got worse and it went up and down. There was spikes and, 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 and there was surges, but overall it's consistently just got worse. And so we had to cancel things that I really love, like our annual barbecue at Quail Ridge Park. And we had to cancel our serve days, which is something we started in 2018, 2019, we started that, where we wanted to do community serve days as a church. It grows the servant's heart and it also helps the community. And so when we took all those things away, and the whole, the whole church is, the church world as a whole, not only did stock and Zoom go through the roof because everything was switched to virtual collaboration, but it also, it also got into the heads of people who are used to having community because our ability to have community was taken from us. So we did try to do things like a few small groups that were virtual. And the Zoom thing was cool for a minute, but we quickly saw a decline in people's interest because Online just can't replace real community. God's church was meant to be together in person and worship together. And we, we tried a couple small groups and, and that was back in like April. And they went good for a few weeks, but you could quickly see the decline because it wasn't uh, personal enough. The bond wasn't there that you have with a normal in-person small group. And so we learned a lot from that. We, we tried to, um, to hold steady there. But when it wasn't working, we decided to abandon that for a while and give people a break and just focus on what we do best. And that's our online service. So Michelle, I also remember with Zoom, we did something totally weird and different. And that was the virtual lobby before church. That was kind of your idea for One Seat Church. What, what was that about? Can you share with the audience? So we decided to do a Zoom lobby. And so all of our members would be able to jump online before service about 30 minutes prior. We could chat, we could see how their week has been going, you know, take any prayer requests, any praise reports. And then myself or Vincent would give a little mini devotional, um, keeping it like how we would do when we would have in-person service, which we would call Unify. So it was just really neat for us to be able to get together and, and see one another in this unique time. Time. And then we were also able to put our O Kids experience online for the parents. So we uploaded the video, they could um, watch it at home, and then we also had the links where they could print out the worksheets. So the kids were still able to have their experience at home. So after 22 weeks, we finally got a date that stuck. I kept putting out video after video because the Regal would have a forecasted return date and then it would get moved because of the movie companies not releasing film. And that's something you never anticipated as a church. When, I, when we planted One Seat Church, I never thought we'd be shut down because we were waiting on movies to come out at a theater. So that was cool in hindsight, it's funny. But finally, after I think three attempts over the summer, August 23rd, it was confirmed. One Seat Church was gonna be back at the Regal Theater in person. And we spent a lot of time, we spend a lot of time at the lake. It's a nice escape for us. And I remember being out at the lake, we were swimming, the kids were in the water, and I got a text 
this is going to happen. It's finally going to happen. And so then it's like, okay, mad scramble, you know, because you can't really plan until you have confirmation and you don't get confirmation until just days before. And so we got confirmation that August 23rd, we were going to be back in person and uh, we were super excited. And there was some, some anxiety because we had been in the, the basement so long. It's like, okay, well, where would people's minds be at? Who's going to come to church? Is anybody going to come to church? Did our members find something else to do with their life? Do they live here anymore? You know, we, we had certain metrics from our online experience to know who was still engaged, but it became very isolating. And we really didn't know what one seat church looked like when we came back. So August 23rd, we came back and nobody missed a beat. Everything was exactly the way it was. The muscle memory was there, the setup. That was a big one because it takes months to get that routine down. And the setup team, Nate and the setup team just killed it. Mike, Sebastian, they just killed it on the setup. And nobody missed a beat. And we were back at it at the Regal Theater having church. So this was new territory for us because even though we were back with in-person services, we had a lot of restrictions. And this was all new to us because we had been home for this whole time. So certain things that we had to abide by was wearing a mask because this was something that was mandated for the state of Missouri in different parts. And also being in the Regal, they had different guidelines that we needed to follow and that we agreed with and that we wanted to protect our members as well. So we decided not to have O-Kids. We decided to have a family service um, where we could have a community and we would have little things for the kids to do during in-service because we weren't sure like if parents were comfortable bringing their kids or not. And so um, that was something that we had to do for this time. So one of the events that we were able to have this year was our annual Fall Fest. And everyone really looks forward to this because it's an outdoor event. It's out at the farm. The kids just love it because they can be out in the wilderness and run around, grab sticks, that sort of thing. We love it because um, we can roast marshmallows this year. We even took the hot dogs over the barrel fire. Um, we had a lot of fun things, games. I remember it being so warm this year that even some of the kids end up jumping into the pond when some of the other kids were fishing. And we just always have a blast this time of year. Yeah, the weather really worked out. The previous year, it rained on us and was cold, but it was so good because we were able to social distance and still have a great time. And no one thought anything of it. Uh, even the kids, they, they fish, there's fish in that pond. It's, we call it the One Seed Farm. It's, it's one of our members' farms and we're just blessed by it. But it was so especially nice because we finally got to have community in an event together as a church outside of the church walls after starving for this all year long, we finally got to have the Fall Fest. So after all the waiting to come back to the theater, one concern that was living in the back of my mind, I think yours too, was that what if we got shut down again? And the pandemic seemed to be doing better, but what I noticed is at the movie theater, there was no new movies playing. And I got worried that if there was no new movies, that something could happen. Because of that, we we're at the mercy of renting from the theater. And I remember six weeks in after August 23rd, early October, we were sitting watching TV up in the loft and Michelle, about nine o'clock at night, reads this text. What was the text about? Yeah, so I received a text from a friend and it was a news article saying that the movie company was going to be shutting down because no new movies were going to be coming out. Yeah, 
And um, I thought she was wrong. I said, no. And I had a flashback to that conversation with my brother when I thought that wouldn't happen, and it did. And then this time I thought, okay, I've been wrong a few times now. This may happen. Hopefully it doesn't, because I haven't heard from our point of contact yet. And so that was Sunday night. And the next morning, so I didn't sleep all night. I had anxiety really badly because it's been a long year and we're, 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 we're fighting for God's mission here. And this is, this is a mission and I don't do well with people telling me no. <laughs> and so, um, I had anxiety all night, couldn't sleep because of that text. And I woke up to a text of my own. And when you wake up and your phone has that little text on it, it's usually not good because most people don't talk to me super early for anything except if it's important. And I look down and it's our general manager at the theater. And he says, effective immediately, the theater is shut down indefinitely with no forecast of when they might reopen. And so I don't want to say it was like a death, but it felt almost like a death where you just go, you go numb for a minute. And as dramatic as it sounds, I remember sitting in the, um, some call it the fetal position, uh, in yoga, they call it child's pose. I was in child's pose with the phone. And I remember I just woke up. I didn't even have any coffee yet. I mean, I just rolled out of my bed and I remember just needing a second. I remember Michelle wanting me to tell her what was going on because it was odd that I was sitting in this position. And I said, just give me a minute because I just had to have a moment. And um, I took the moment and then I told Michelle and I said, I don't know where else we can go. And we can't go back in the basement. I said, I'm not going back in the basement. We're gonna find another option. And so here we are October and church has been shut down again and there's nowhere to take, to take the church, to have church, because everything's closed because of the pandemic. So everything was closed. It's not like a normal situation where you could go work out a deal to rent from somewhere else. Nobody was available to rent anywhere except one place. And this place was something that I had looked into and built a relationship with before we moved to the movie theater. It was a close second to the movie theater. We almost went to this place and we were talking and I spent a few hours that morning processing the communications that had to go out, all the things and how we keep this train moving. It was the YMCA. And so I called the YMCA, I think lunchtime. And by that afternoon, they had confirmed it was still available and they had actually not shut down, which was shocking. And not only had they not shut down, but they had been open since May. All that time they were sitting open and we didn't even know it. And you know, hindsight's 2020. It's really easy to say, oh, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. But in the moment, you're, you're, you're burning at both ends, making decisions the best you can. And they just gave us a tremendous offer. Not only did they give us a tremendous offer, but they were the only offer. In church, let me tell you, if you want to have church, there was nowhere else to do it. Nowhere else in St. Charles County to have a church that was mobile come in. And uh, trust me, because 
we diligently seeked for three years off and on different venues, even before we found the high school and everything was shut down. And so the YMCA opened their arms to us and we were only down two weeks. We were down two weeks. We had three, we had two billboards, three billboards. I don't know. We had three billboards going. We had uh, canvases on the soccer walls. We had all these advertisements pointing to the movie theater. And within two weeks, we had them all flipped to point to the YMCA. We had, we had rearranged our equipment and the logistics of our trailer, moved the trailer, repositioned to launch in the YMCA. Two weeks later, in a gym, I said, I'm never having church in a gym. I don't want a church that has church in a gym. And here we are in a gym, and it's turned out to be the best place we've ever been. And the people are so accommodating and amazing. And we are truly grateful because we weren't going to be forced back in the basement. I know I said I wouldn't do it, but I would have done it had, I, had we had to have done it. I was praying there'd be another way. And we launched in the YMCA late October. And what was so cool is the kids area. Maybe you can talk about that. Yeah. So the kids area really eliminated the need for a lot of our things that we needed that we usually use to set up. They had everything. The only thing that we needed to bring was our projector, our speakers, and the kids. So it was super, super cool. The kids love it. They have like a foosball table. They have all these cool toys that you can build. There's a rock wall, but they're not gonna be using that because that's too dangerous. But ping pong, you name it. It's just a really cool environment. They have a huge um, screen that we get to play our lessons on. We have the music bumping. It's just like the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. And what's funny about that is we still had a very streamlined kids experience. We had brought back kids while we were in the theater in small doses. We still didn't deal with babies, kids that couldn't be uh, social distance. So when we went to the YMCA, we only started hosting the older kids and church attendance was very low. So it was fine. We social distance very well, but we're like, man, we can't wait till this thing's full swing back in action because parents are going to love it. And kids are going to be talking about how great it is. And to go from the hallway with nothing, we had our portable, you know, uh, connect Four. Mm-hmm. and our portable tic-tac-toe stuff we had to bring in. We were able to eliminate all our own things from back in that hallway with no colors, no life, to migrating through the movie theater into the YMCA, and now they have full gymnasiums, gymnastic, um, gym, you know, climbing jungle gyms, um, toys, bathrooms in the kids' area for the teachers, not having to walk down a long hall. There's so many amenities that you take for granted that you don't even think about. And so when they were presented, we were super excited for what the O Kids experience is gonna be in 2021. So it's been a bumpy year. We've been shut down twice. And though I believe the shutdowns were, were warranted, we didn't wanna be shut down. I never thought we'd be in a position to proactively shut down. And so after getting to the YMCA and November comes, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Pandemic numbers are through the roof. Me and Michelle decided it's too close to home. And we proactively shut down the physical gatherings of One Seed Church until January of 2021. Now what's different about this is we are still online, but now we are hosting our online experience from the YMCA, which is pretty fun because we get to do church a little different. 
but we still get to go there and broadcast online. And we have quit trying to figure out what the future looks like, but we know that God is in control and that the future is going to be great because God is in control. And the journey is what makes the destination worth the fruit it bears. So without the journey, the destination has no value because you didn't have to go anything to get to it. I remember as a kid, there was a water park we used to go to, Raging Rivers in Grafton. You've probably been there. And every kid in Missouri and Illinois, that's, that's the water park. And there was these huge hills and you'd have to wait in line forever. So when you got on that water slide, it was the best experience ever. And then when it was time to get on the slide again, you had to wait another 45 minutes. And years later, I found this water park in the Lake of the Ozarks called Big Surf. And me and my friend, when we were 15, went with my mom and her friend and no hills. Guess what? No lines. Nobody was there. And we just hop on the slide and be done with it. We just hop on the slide and be done. And within 30 minutes, I would say we were bored because we didn't have to experience the process to appreciate the reward. And so what I can say truly, personally, and as a collective for One Seat Church, speaking on behalf of the church, that this has made us value so much what is going to happen in 2021, that we're not afraid of failure. We're not failing we're growing. We're not afraid of seasons of change. We're growing. We're not afraid to be challenged and stretched. That's what we ask God to do. And for God to deliver the promised land of what we believe One Seed Church is going to be, we have to go through some mountains, through some hills and valleys, through some weather patterns of spiritual change for us to be able to handle it when we get there. So we are believing and I'm not just saying that out of cliche. We are really believing that 2021, however it may look, is going to be a breakthrough year for One Seed Church. It'll be the beginning of our fourth year, the completion of three years in this ministry. We're no longer babies in this. We've been doing this for a minute. This is no longer a plant. This is a church. And if you want to be part of it, 2021 is when you're going to see the community shocked and confused about what God is doing through One Seat Church. And we just can't wait for you to be there with us. We pray that you join us right now until we regather for physical gatherings, that you join us online and get to know us because we're in it to win it. We're in it for the mission. We're not in it for ourselves. We're in it to glorify the name of Jesus and that everybody who takes part in this church, when they leave this earth, they remember one thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And that is the mission of One Seat Church to discover God's perfect plan. That's our vision for you so that together we can extend the mission, which is extending the love and teachings of Jesus Christ. It needs to be stirred. The tea's no good unless it's stirred. You need a test. You need to be tested. You need a benchmark once in a while to see where you're really at. I'm not saying we should live a life of misery, but if your faith isn't tested, what kind of faith do you have? How do you know? How do you know? So our faith needs to be stirred once in a while so we can become one. Because when you really hit a rough spot and you're really in a test, you're going to become like John and go, okay, what do I really believe here? Okay, they say this is an epidemic or something. This could kill me and this and this. But wait a second. How much faith do I really have that God is going to lead me in a path that will protect me? How much faith do I really have that not only will I take practical steps, but it's him guiding my steps? 
Did I forget that? Did I forget that? Do I need to panic like everybody else? Or do I remember where I'm strong? I don't need to boast because my strength is in Jesus. So if I remember where my strength is, I remember my substance and I can sustain off real meat because faith is substance of things hoped for and evidence of that which is not seen. And I can't forget my faith, but I need a test to know it's real, to know it's alive. Folks, I don't know what next week looks like. I'm just being real with y'all. So let's take it today while we can get it. Because there's people at home right now feeling like, man, I wish I was at church and I'm scared to go and they shut me down and right now they're not shutting us down. So we're gonna keep it going, but the gap is getting tighter. So we're gonna take it while we can get it. And we're, we feel blessed to assemble in this house. And I know you can see us and we can't see you, but we're in this together. So I expect you to shot me down with some emojis on that live stream. I can't hear your amens, but I can feel your emojis and I can feel your amens right now. I can feel Mike right now. I can feel Nate right now. I can feel Jen right now. I can feel their praise to the Lord right now. So shout us down with some emojis and let us know you're in this with us. Does God care? Martha said, do you not care? She said that to Jesus, man. Of course he does. You know, every battle is what brings a victory. Without a battle, you can't find a victory. You wouldn't know what it was. And you gotta be tested. We always say faith is belief and action. And if your faith has no legs, it's not been tested. This is a test. He's right there in the center of her distraction. He says, but one thing is needed. Jesus is saying to the lens of Martha's camera, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus wants to meet you in the middle of your distraction. Isn't that funny that God so arranged that he would orchestrate good from this terrible season we're in, that he would get you online right now, gazing into the thing that distracts you the most, to see him the clearest. You can shout for that on your couch, because I know that's good preaching. You can shout for that right now. He will wind up in the center of your distraction to say, this is the good thing. This is the priority. This is what matters the most. If I gotta go to where you can't find me, I'm gonna meet you in the center of your distraction and I'm gonna show you what matters the most, Martha, because you need a merry mindset and you've been living right in the middle. And so God says, I'm gonna get in the middle and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir something so big that I'm gonna look and I'm gonna make it so big that you have no other option but to remember who I am, to remember my promise that I am in the middle of the situation. I am in the middle of the virus. I am in the middle of the uncertainty. I am in the middle of your anxieties. I am in the middle and this, me says the Lord, am first. This is my cry to you Knowing you'll lead me through Heaven here by my side Your calling is on my life You
my side restored, my life is yours.